So we are continuing on in this uh, series called All In, and uh, this is really just a series to remind us that our God, whom we love and worship, is searching this planet looking for people who are not willing to hold anything back, but to go all in for him. People who are willing to uh, be strengthened by him and blessed by him and used by him in incredible ways. And in this short three-part series, we're simply looking at what does that mean? What does it mean to make that kind of a commitment? What does it mean to go all in for God? Now, last week, for those of you who are here with us, we were challenged to go all in with our church, this church, because this is where we worship, because this is where God is brought back into the center of our lives, where he belongs. This is where we connect with other Christians. This is where we are able to grow and mature spiritually. This is where we are launched to share the good news of God's love for this world in Jesus. Today, we're going to look at what it means to go all in with your service. And to do that, I want to introduce a principle to you. It's called the greatness principle. And just so you know, if you consider yourself a follower of Jesus, this principle is not optional for you. It's, it's not something where you can say, well, I don't want to do it, so I don't have to do it. Nope, 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 nope. This is more like breathing for you as a, as a human being. It kind of, it's something you, you do it, you, you, when, it go, when it comes to going all in with your service, when it comes to living out this principle, it just comes naturally. It just automatically do it. Now, before I dig into this whole principle thing, there's something you need to know. Virtually every person who has ever made a huge impact on the world has had a principle that has guided and directed them. For example, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, led the civil rights movement and was guided and directed by the principle of nonviolent resistance, right? Mother Teresa, she dedicated her life to the poor and to the sick, and her life was guided and directed by the principle of compassion. Vince Lombardi, famous football coach who back in the 1960s coached the Green Bay Packers, he, his life was guided by the principle of winning. In fact, he once said, if winning isn't everything, then why do they keep score? Like, oh, that's a good, good point. <laughs> but the point, what I'm trying to say is that everybody has a principle that drives their life. And Jesus says, I have a principle that I want to, you to be driven by, to guide you as well. And it's a principle that he himself lived out. In Matthew 20, verse 28, Jesus says, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Right? He came here from heaven to earth to serve you. He served you by giving his life up on the cross as a sacrifice. He served you by taking the punishment and the hell that you deserve. He served you in such a way that God now offers you as a gift forgiveness and a relationship with him. A relationship you have right now and that continues forever in heaven. And God gives you these gifts. He gives them to anybody who looks to Jesus and trusts that he is their personal savior. That's amazing. But that's how Jesus has served you. And that principle that moved Jesus to come from heaven to this earth and to serve us in this incredible way is the same principle that Jesus wants us to adopt as well. And again, it's the greatness principle. And this principle is based on this passage that Jesus, uh, where Jesus says in Matthew 23, these words, the greatest among you must be your servant. 
right? So in other words, in God's eyes, you are the greatest when you serve others. Now, obviously, that's the complete opposite of what the world says. The world says you're great when everybody, uh, as many people as possible, serve you. Jesus turns it around and says, no, 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 no. You're great when you serve as many people as possible. So that's the greatness principle. You are the greatest in God's eyes when you serve and love and bless somebody else. And what I'd like to do today is pretty simple. I just want to look at some steps that you can take to help you go all in with your service and actively live out this principle, okay? So the first step to help you do that is simply to look for opportunities to bless others each day. There you go. Every day, God flows opportunities into your life where you can bless and serve other people. But because they're easy to miss, this first step is a must. You have to be alert. You have to be looking. You have to be on your guard. And there are countless opportunities that God will flood into your life. Let me just share a couple of the more common opportunities as found in this teaching of a story that Jesus offers in Matthew 25. For example, in verse 35, Jesus says this, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. So hunger and thirst are two opportunities, right? And certainly in our community, in this area of North Royalton and the surrounding communities, we have people who are literally hungry and thirsty. And while it's true that we as a church, we provide um, food for them, we serve them through our food pantry, through uh, Meals on Wheels, uh, through the Karen Share dinner that we're going to have here on Thanksgiving Day, along with those people who are physically hungry and thirsty are people who are spiritually hungry and thirsty too. And we can serve those people as well. We can serve them by inviting them here for worship. Right? Or by just telling them the difference that Jesus has made in your life. Or maybe inviting them to a small group Bible study. I don't know. But those are two opportunities. But Jesus goes on. Look at this. He goes on. He says, I was a stranger and you invited me. So another opportunity would be strangers. And while you could invite somebody into your home or into your apartment when they are in a time of need... Another way to serve that person is just to pay attention to those people who may be lonely or feeling isolated or, you know, just need a friend or somebody to listen to them. Or maybe after the service is over and you happen to walk over into the gathering room and grab a, a cup of coffee and a donut and you see somebody sitting there all by themselves, walk over to them, okay, and visit with them. But Jesus goes on. He goes on and he says this, I needed clothes and you clothed me. So this, would, well, we'll just call this the clothing opportunity. And as a church, we engage in clothing drives, one of which we're engaged in right now. We are collecting clothing items for homeless men who go to the St. Herman's Men's Shelter in downtown Cleveland. Powerful ministry. But I'll tell you what, every time I look into my overstuffed closet, I think not only how blessed I am, but I also see plenty of opportunities to be a blessing to others. And then Jesus goes on. Jesus continues. He says, I was sick and you looked after me. And this opportunity involves sickness. And you can pray for people who are ill personally. We pray for people in our worship services. We have a prayer chain. But here's something else that you can do if you know somebody who is ill. Right? Maybe you can serve them by fixing a meal for them. Or maybe doing some yard work. 
Or maybe, as Laura had those little tools, you know, maybe you can do some housework or do some laundry, or maybe you can take them to the doctor or take their kids to school. I don't know. But see what I'm talking about? These are opportunities. They're just always presenting themselves. You have to be looking for them. Finally, Jesus wraps up by saying this, I was in prison and you came to visit me. So this final opportunity involves prisoners. And it is wonderful for someone who is in prison to receive a visit from you. But this could also mean you giving your attention or time or just being there for somebody who's feeling marginalized or just flat out ignored by society. Again, there are countless opportunities, but I share this list with you from Jesus just so that you will be um, hopefully motivated to be looking for those opportunities as they come. Because if you're like me, then you'll have to admit there are times when you focus only on yourself. I know that I tend to focus only on myself, then I am selfish and I am self-centered. It happens. And, and, and that's why in Philippians, it says this, Philippians 2, there's this warning. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. So don't focus only on yourself. In fact, here's what I like to do. I did this with the previous service. Take your finger, everybody get your finger out. Okay, now point it at yourself. And here's why I want you to say to yourself, don't focus only on yourself. Say that, ready? Don't focus only on yourself. Awesome. Now, turn to the person sitting next to you. No pointing allowed. Look at the person next to you. Okay, just turn to the person next to you and say, this is, this is much nicer. Look at the person. Say, look for opportunities to bless others. Say that. Look for opportunities to bless others. Great. See, that's where it all starts, right? That's where it starts. If you're going to go all in with your service, and if you're going to live out this greatness principle, the first thing you got to do is you got to look for those opportunities each day that God brings into your life for you to be a blessing to somebody else. That's step one. Here's step two. Initiate action as God guides you. Now, notice there are two parts to this second step. There's the part where you take the action, check. But then there's also this other part, which I think is more important, and it's the action that you take as God guides you. And this is important because it's easy to get overwhelmed by the needs of this world, of the greater Cleveland area, of your neighborhood, your workplace, your whatever. I mean, you, you see a need, you're like, I can help that. I can do that. But then here's this other need, and you're like, well, I'm already doing this. I don't know if I can do that. And you start getting tugged in all these different areas and, and yet you're just one person, right? And you can only do so much. So the question is, how do you know when, right? How do you know when you should go all in with your service? Well, that's where God's guidance comes into play. Look at this. This is in uh, Psalm 32, verse 8. God says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. So what does that mean? It means if there's a small need that you see and you can easily meet it, go ahead and do that. But if it's a significant need or commitment, something that's going to involve substantial investment on your part of your time, your energy, maybe even your money, then God's saying, you know what? Just kind of step back and just say, okay, God, how are you leading me right now? What would be the best pathway for me in my life? Because remember, you take the action, but only, only as God guides. So how does God guide you? Well, I think there are at least these three ways. One way that God will guide you is to simply say, no. 
Sometimes God does that. There's just this distinct impression that you get on your heart that this is not what God wants me to do. You're not at peace with it. It doesn't mean that this service opportunity is bad. It doesn't mean that you are bad or being unchristian if you don't do it. It just means that sometimes God, who's a lot smarter than you and who knows all things, in his infinite wisdom says, nope, this is not going to be the best pathway for you in this moment. Doesn't mean it can't be, can't be the best pathway for you later, but it isn't, it isn't for you now. So sometimes God says no, but sometimes God says slow. Sometimes God wants you to just kind of step back and think through things. And maybe before you jump in, consider what might be involved or how it might impact you or your family. And obviously you don't want to take too much time here. You don't want to go so slow that you miss out on God's plan for you. But, but there's nothing wrong with, you know, taking time to pray and, and, and maybe even ask some advice from some trusted Christian friends and, and see what God God has in plan for you, okay? So sometimes God says, oh, slow down a little bit. But then there are times when God says, go. Like, go, go, go. Because it is a perfect fit for you. It just, it just, it's right in your wheelhouse. God says, go. And here's what's amazing to me. When I talk to people about why they're serving and stuff, you know, they, they, what, more often than not, I will hear something to this effect. They'll, say how, they'll tell me how God has opened up this door of opportunity for them. And what's really interesting is that it was on their heart already. They were already thinking about it. See how God works? I just love that. So God guides you in these different ways. Regardless, though, here's the thing. Before you go all in and serve, you want to seek God's guidance first. Always do that. Please do that. That's step two. Step three is focus the attention toward God. So whatever it is that you're doing, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is you're doing, make sure that you're, whatever you're doing is pointing people back to the cross, back, pointing people back to Jesus. Remember, Jesus came to serve you. Don't forget why you're serving these other people. It's because you're serving the Lord who served you first. All right? Jesus served you first by dying on the cross, coming to this earth. Jesus served you first. He served you first so that you could be set free from the guilt of your sin, so that you could be set free from the punishment and hell that you deserve because of your sin. He set you free from the devil's ability to accuse you because of your sin. He set you free. Jesus came so that you can be forgiven and saved. Thanks be to God. That's why it's good news. And, and I'll tell you what, when you look back on this, this year, year 2021 is almost about a month and a half left, right? You look back on this, you may think about some things that you've said or that you have done that you're not all that proud of, and that as a result have filled you with some shame or guilt, shouldn't have done that, or regret. And I, and I get that. I struggle with sin too. But remember, that's why Jesus came, right? Jesus came to serve you. Jesus came to die for you. Jesus came to give you the forgiveness that you need, the clean slate that you desire. And, and so just keep that in mind when you serve. Okay, remember that whatever you do, whenever you go all in with your service, you want to point people back to Jesus. In Colossians 3, verse 23, it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, right? Not for human masters. So when you go all in with your service, you want to point people back to Jesus, right? You want people to know that he, is, he gets the credit 
for the blessing that you are. Does that make sense? Okay, all right. In John 12, Jesus says, whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. And based on that last sentence right there on your screen there as you're watching from home or watching here, that last sentence leads us to the fourth step. Okay, the, the, when, you, when you go all in to serve God with your service, okay, and you're living out the greatness principle, the fourth step is to trust God to bless you. Not just trust God to bless you in what you are doing, but also to um, boomerang those blessings, some blessings back your way. Now, I know Christians struggle with this. They're like, well, wait a minute, shouldn't I just serve somebody without expecting something in return? Absolutely. Yes, you should never, ever serve somebody with the motivation you're going to get something back. Yay me. No, 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 no. You should always serve other people out of love for God who loved you first. But the Bible does offer us this promise that when you bless others, God is going to bless you in return. And Jesus identifies it in Luke 6. Look at this. He says, give and it will be given to you. What? A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So do you see the connection there? Right? When you give, God is going to give back. And the list of blessings is never-ending. But let me share with you a couple of the more common blessings that you might experience where God blesses you back as you go all in with your service. One would just be these things called tangible blessings. Okay? Maybe you see a godly cause and you give some money to that cause. And maybe... God gives you the tangible blessing and he brings money back into your life somehow. He just, you know, you get an anonymous check or something. I've had that happen to me. It's amazing. There's, there are times maybe where you serve somebody and, and then later on somebody else helps meet you in your time of need. Those are tangible blessings by which God blesses you. See how it works? And then, and then there's a second way that God blesses you, and that's through intangible blessings. And I'll tell you right now, one of the most common intangible blessings that you receive when you help and bless and serve another person is the intangible blessing of joy. Right? Laura talked about that with the kids, how much fun it was to sing. And, and, and it, is, it is fun. I was here yesterday morning uh, helping pack shoe boxes for Operation Christmas Child. And there was just joy there. It was, you just feel good when you serve other people. When I say, thanks for serving, people almost always will say, no, no, thank you for asking me. I love doing this. It makes me happy. It fills me with joy. A third way by which God can sometimes bless you back is through this thing called greater influence. Now, greater influence happens this way. It's when as you are serving, God opens the door of greater influence so that even more people can be blessed. For example, as I mentioned earlier, our church engages on Thanksgiving Day in this dinner called Care and Share. Okay? We, we send out over a thousand dinners to people in the community and surrounding communities. Well, there's a church in Parma Heights that wanted to know how we did what we did because they wanted to serve the people in their community. And so, of course, we're going to tell them everything. And we, we want them to be able to bless other people. See how that works? That's the blessing of greater influence. That's so cool. One other way by which God can bless you in return, and this is so powerful, is when you are able to witness visible miracles. 
where God takes your small little act of service and he uses it in a miraculous way. And by that I mean this. Maybe you are able actually to see a life being transformed through your act of service. Or maybe you invite somebody here to worship and they encounter God and the Holy Spirit works in their heart and they, and they, they believe that Jesus is their savior, maybe for the first time. And in their eternity now is all of a sudden impacted. I mean, when you're able to experience that, whoa, that is such a blessing, right? To be able to witness a visible miracle like that. Wow. In Proverbs 11, verse 25, it says, the one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Can you see how powerful this principle is? And again, the goal here, this greatness principle, is it, it's not about you being seen by others and having people say, oh, look at how great they are. No, no, it's about people seeing in you the greatness of our God. It's people seeing in you the greatness of our God. That's what Jesus meant when he says this in Matthew 5. Let your good deeds shine on, shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Not you, but your heavenly father. That's the goal. When you go all in with your service and you live out the greatness principle, the goal is to glorify God. Give him the glory. So between now and next Sunday, uh, during this week, let me challenge you in a couple of ways so that you can go all in with your, serve, num- uh, with your service. Number one, connect with God and memorize Matthew 25, verses 35 and 36. This is that passage, remember, where Jesus says, I was hungry and he gave me something to eat, thirsty and gave me something to drink. Learn those two verses so that those opportunities are floating around in your mind. You're aware of them, okay? And that leads me to the second step. Um, actively look for ways to live out the greatness principle. This week, like Laura challenged the kids, you look for ways to actively, you know, you, you take the action as God guides you, but you look for ways to go all in and serve and be a blessing to others. And then the third step here is just love others by your service and give the credit back to God. No matter what you do or, or how you do it, make sure people are pointed right back to the cross of Jesus Christ. Make sure that they see in you the greatness of our amazing God. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, let's pray. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you served us first by sacrificing your life and dying on the cross for our sins and the sins of this world. In doing so, you revealed this incredible principle that those who are the greatest in your eyes are really those who serve others. So Lord, just open our eyes to those opportunities and allow us to be alert to them. Guide us and direct us in what you would have us do. Make it clear for us. And then allow our act of service to point everyone right back to you. That you are the focus, Jesus. That you get the glory and the honor and the praise. Bless us in this, Lord Jesus. We love you. We pray all this in your great and holy name. And all God's people said, amen.